0: Welcome to another episode of the Galish Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Bowers, and this episode we're talking about a whole load of buttload of things um, to do with video games and uh, culture and the website. So, to start things off, it's going to be a little bit Fortnite heavy just because there's things happening in that community that I'd like to talk about. I finally got my invitation for the Fortnite app on Android. Although, at the time of recording, it was a little bit too late to get the video out um, to accompany it. I uh, had a little bit of issues uploading it, and I'll cover it in the review, but the game on Android at the moment, or at the time of playing, was very buggy. I had some audio issues and just gaming issues in general. So, I'll talk about more about it on, in the review, but that review is coming. Moving on to Fortnite Proper which I'm sure Epic don't want me to refer to the other offerings as Fortnite proper, but never mind. There's a giant purple cube that's appeared on the map. So, if you've been playing recently, you know there's rifts in the sky caused by the end of the uh, Season 4 event, which was the rocket launch. The rifts have been slowly closing, and there have been, in the last week, um, a lot of lightning strikes across the map that no one really knew what that was pointing to. Um, Turns out, it was leading up to another event which was massive lightning strikes in one location, and I was playing with Victoria at the time, and I noted that there was a lot of lightning strikes on the um, desert area, and in one certain location, there was a lot of lightning strikes there. And a giant otherworldly cubes appeared, a big purple cube, um, which is kind of interesting. There's a couple things I want to go through, the properties it has, and um, yeah. So if... You are near it. It is both beneficial and dangerous. So if you're near it, it upgrades your shields um, by one point of shield a, t- a second. Um, so it's actually beneficial to be around it. You don't have to collect um, shield potions or anything like that. Um, it just boosts your shields. Just area of effect. But it will defend itself, which is quite interesting. So if you touch it, jump on it, it will bounce you away. Kind of like a jump pad. Um, But if you hit it, it will bounce you quite far away and cause damage. If you shoot it, it will shoot lightning out at you and it's instant kill. Which is pretty fun, actually. And if you're a little bit too far away and you shoot it, it'll shoot the person nearest to it. So it's kind of a... Okay, I can't reach you, but this person might be a problem, I'll get them instead. Which was quite funny in the game I played, um, <laughs> using it as a weapon from a distance. So uh, yeah, it's quite interesting, and the cube is actually started to move. If you look on ghoulishentertainment.com, I've done an article where I charted, it might have changed since, um, obviously, Fortnite is quite a dynamic game that changes day to day, even just by little bit, little degrees. Um, at the current uh, at the moment i wrote the article the um, cube seemed to be mo- moving in a straight direction across the map so what i did was i landed behind it used my player cursor to line up at the center of the cube in the direction it was heading and then just charted a line all the way across the line saw it go through salty springs um so sorry it go through uh, past tilted towers into loot lake um just a little bit and then out through the middle of Pleasant Park and in between Junk Junction and Haunted Hills. With the cube already having properties, like the area of effect shield, I've got a couple theories of what might happen this season, because there's only about 28 days left of this season. So at the rate that the cube's moving, it could get across the map in that time. So I think because the area of effect shield already shows that it alters its environment, I don't know whether because it's otherworldly it's going to change the appearance, like cosmetic appearance, of the locations it passes, and the internet's got a lot of theories about it, so I've I've looked up. So um, some of the popular theories at the moment is um, changing the location, so wherever it gets to, whether it be just one location in its destination, or whether it be changing stuff left, right and centre as it passes them, um, will be interesting to see. Some people think it's going to be a map wipe, so... It'd have to vary its course a little bit, which um is possible. It could pivot, I suppose it could head towards the centre of the map and detonate, and that's what people are saying Season six will be it's leading up leading up to either a event similar to the end of season four, which was like a one time rocket launch event um so in my theory, it would go to loot Lake and react with the water and then cause some kind of explosion or change that fundamentally changes the top portion of the map. Um, But a lot of people are thinking that it is heading towards the centre of the map and will change it completely going forward. So it's like a map wipe. Um, We'll get the new map that everyone's been asking for going on to season six onwards. Whether they'll do that or whether they'll make two maps available, I don't know. It's hard to say, would you want to split up your player base or get rid of the map that people are spending hundreds of hours in anyway, to a map that's kind of unproven and untested? I don't know, so they might have to make it a toggle, but then again it's splitting your player base between two maps, not that I think Epic would hurt for splitting the player base they've got, uh, with it being hundreds of thousands of people. So yeah, that was kind of my um, Fortnite talk, and um, I don't know what some theories you might have, Um, if you're more than welcome to get in touch with us through social media to let us know and um, any interesting developments we discover we'll be sharing as well um so moving on uh, talking about still video games um for playstation plus this month um you get obviously free games every month kind of like xbox gold games with gold so this month is mafia 3 which is a game i've never played before i've never played any game in the mafia series and it is kind of like a period drama about gangsters that's GTA-inspired if it was around the time of the Vietnam War. So, 60s, 70s, maybe a little bit... I think it was a little bit before that when the game first started. So, the story's kind of told. The only thing I can kind of equate it to is Black Ops 1 style, where um, you play a portion of the story, then the cutscene... That interjects is kind of like a flash forward. So it's people being interviewed about events. And then it flashes back and you play again. So I really quite like that way of narrative speaking. Um, because the primary character, this isn't the spoiler it happens as soon as you start the game. The primary character called Lincoln Clay is being talked to, uh, talked about almost as if he's imprisoned, presumed dead or definitely dead. So it's kind of it's a little bit vague, um, so you don't know what you're heading towards. You know it's pretty, probably pretty bad, but um, I really like, I really like the storytelling of it so far, and um, I'm not the biggest I love open world games, <coughs> but I'm not the biggest fan of GTA. I'll be honest, um, especially um, GTA V with the reliance on microtransactions and the hundreds of. Dollars and pounds you can spend just getting vehicles. Um, I I play games for stories mostly, and um, I don't know what it was. Um, I've never particularly been that into GTA, but um, as for Mafia Three, it's a bit more, which is kind of weird to say because the amount of things you do in GTA, it's more brutal in a sense, and it's more cinematic, and it's definitely more story based and story driven. As for the brutality, um, it's the little things if I'm honest. So. The language, uh, there's a disclaimer at the beginning saying that the development team wanted to create an authentic um, game of that period and that they don't share the uh, beliefs of a lot of the characters in the game because they are very. You, the, the character you play as it has a, if um, I got this the right way around, has a black mother and a white father, um, but has features of a black character and is constantly referred to as the N words as the help. And there is a lot of homophobic, racist language in it. But it is very of the period. And it's really quite interesting. But the gunplay feels really meaty. Whereas, I don't think you get that with GTA. It's very... You can shoot someone and they'll stagger. But actually in Mafia 3, gunshots feel meaty. And people will stagger back, fall over and fall on the ground, and kind of writhe in pain, and it just looks visually interesting, and a little bit more realistic, and the whole the whole game just looks really quite nice, even, I know it's a few years old now, obviously it would be to get it for free on the PS Plus, but no, I, I'm really enjoying what I've played so far, there was one mission really close to the beginning, which again isn't a spoiler, because I think it's like the second mission you do, where you have to visit and teach a Haitian gang a lesson. Um but they're living um on a little shantytown kind of thing, just off the bayou. So we have like crocodiles and things. But I didn't realise this. Swim to shore, climb up on this dock. Try and s- <laughs> so far I, was, I am able to try and sneak through a base. Um silenced a guy. I was like, can't leave him here out in the open. There is a drag mechanic similar to um Metal Gear Solid where you can hide bodies. I was like, oh shit, what do I do with him? There's nothing. There's not a locker to throw him in. So I threw him in the water and the crocodile ate him whole. <laughs> um, and it was brutal. There was like, thrashing around and growling. I was like, what oh, the fucking hell's that? Looked over the side I was like, oh. And I got actually got an achievement for that. I didn't even know that was a mechanic. So uh, yeah, that was pretty interesting. But I would implore you just to try it if you've got PlayStation Plus. Because it's a free game and it's really good so far. So uh, yeah, moving on to films um, and something I did want to talk about because um, it's in my sphere of interest because it's a series I really really enjoy, is that um, Guardians of the Galaxy three is on a different indefinite hold for the time being with Disney um, because they will not hire James Gunn back despite cast support fan support. Um, the main crew have actually been released to work on other projects for now, um, which I am a little cautious as to whether this might be the death of the project because I know specifically Dave Batista said that who plays Drex if James Gunn wasn't rehired he wasn't returning and um, so they've already lost a principal character whether they've got contracts that mean that mean they have to be in the next Infinity War film the next Avengers film I don't know but the fact that Guardians of the Galaxy 3, as it is at the minute, won't be happening is a little bit of a concern because, I, like I said, I really enjoy that series. I enjoy the comics as well of Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think there's a lot of untapped ground that they could have done that's now in jeopardy over this whole situation. I know originally when they sacked James Gunn, they said it, w- it wouldn't be put on hold and it was still a priority, but uh, now that's obviously changed because they've realised how hard it's going to be to do it without him, I suppose. Not that anybody's re- ever not replaceable. Um, you shouldn't sort of empire build or go, yeah, this is my job forever, regardless of what I say. But the fact that James Gunn had spoken about his not-so-great historic tweets in the past and his, his opinions of the time, um, and has already apologised for them profusely in the past, and it's only now that they're in more of the public eye that they're saying... Even though we're well aware of your history, um, now that people know about it, we don't want to be associated with you, it does feel like a stab in the back. And um, even if they were to take him back, I don't know whether, I mean, I don't know James Gunn, um, but me personally, not that this is taking the high road or anything, but if an employer had treated you that way, would you really want to go back? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because, obviously, something I'm interested in, something I've got an investment in. I might be wrong. Um, Obviously, what would your views be of uh, the James Gunn situation? Um, Who would you like to see replacing, possibly? Uh, One of the final pieces of news is that uh, Tom Hardy has been signed on for three Venom movies when we don't even want one. Um, I mean, that's not necessarily true. I... Actually, really enjoy the symbiotes from the Spider-Man franchise. Um, Carnage and Venom are two of my favourite characters. I am hankering to see a eighteen rated R rated Carnage film, but made as like a horror movie. I think it would be amazing. But I am not impressed so far of what I've seen of the Venom film, even Venom in symbiote form. Since the newer trailers have shown that it doesn't look good. I don't even, I don't even enjoy the slight humor that um, the tone of that. It just there's something about it that just doesn't look right, and I don't think Tom Hardy is a good pick for Eddie Brock either. Um, my favourite version of Venom, which I think could have played really well cinematically, is Flash Thompson's Agent Venom, because he's got a a dynamic similar to the Hulk, which I think would have worked really well. So how? It works in the comics with agent venom is that the symbiote is as it's always been but it's a, li- a little bit more um not timid it's a little bit more accepting of a host um so flash thompson has no legs um but he's still a special forces agent who uses the symbiote of venom who provides him with legs and a full bodysuit to complete really mission impossible missions but he's got to govern his own emotions because if he gets too stressed too angry um yeah too uncomfortable the venom the nasty venom symbiote starts to take over like emotionally so it's kind of like the hulk where he's got to govern uh, and bruce banner where he's got to govern his anger and not get too angry Otherwise, the Hulk comes out. That's kind of the similar dynamic to what Flash Thompson and Agent Venom have got. Because if he gets too angry, then crazy Venom comes out and he just starts killing everyone. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that. The Eddie Brock Venom's still okay, but I don't currently like what it looks like, I'll be honest. And the fact that they've signed him on for three films without testing whether this film is any good is quite interesting. I don't know whether that's just so. Um, if it does do really well, I don't know whether it's tactical, so it can't ask for more money because it's already signed a contract. If they want to do more, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I can't say I'm that excited for three more when I'm not even looking forward to the first one. One of the last bits of news, just from um, Gamescom, is the fact that um, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is now playable from start to finish internally, which is quite kind of a huge. Milestone for a game where, even though there's probably stuff missing like assets and um, characters and bugs that need playtesting, the fact that you can play it now from start to finish is a bulk of I've never been involved in game development, I can't talk out of your arse, but um, means a good bulk of the game is done. It's probably nowhere near ready shipping yet. And the fact that they've come out and said that they're aiming for this console generation, but it might not be, kind of shows you that we're probably a few years off. But the fact that the game is now fully playable internally, not that we'll ever get to see it as it is now, is good news. Especially because it's a game I'm really looking forward to because I love the cyberpunk theme and genre in general. Um, I can't wait to play it, personally. I was really hoping that this Gamescom would see at least some public gameplay. I mean, we got some more concept art, which just makes me want to see gameplay even more. But, um, no, we uh, didn't actually get to see any public gameplay. They did a Behind the Closed Doors demo again, like they did at E3. Um, but this time, there was uh, some different narrative elements, and they actually got to show the male protagonist, because I believe at the E3 Behind the Closed Doors demo, it was um, the female v protagonist. So, there w- there has been some changes, and there's, there is some dynamicness. Um, between whether you choose a male or a female character, um, but I'm more looking forward to actually seeing it than reading about it. Actually, as we started recording, um, a video has gone live, a live stream has gone live, um, that's currently a blank page, and it says, um, "Mysterious CD Projekt Red stream." And CD Projekt Red are obviously the developers behind The Witcher and Cyberpunk set twenty seventy seven. So we might actually, as weird as it sounds be seeing gameplay within the next hour or so, so I'll be definitely reporting on that if it happens, and I'm going to leave this little window open as I continue the rest of the podcast um, very nervously. So, um, just to round out this podcast, bloody hell forgot the name of it, Jesus Christ, Um, the website has seen some changes. I have... Uh, change the blog section to look a little bit more nicer. So the homepage, as you load it up, is like little tiles, which is kind of in line with a lot of other media venues and does look a little bit nicer than having to scroll through a big list to find what you're actually interested in. Um, so I've given it a little bit of a splash of paint. It looks quite nice now. I'm happy with the direction of it. Um, other changes include some more merch. There's a couple more T-shirts, including a spoof take on the Make America Great Again T-shirt, uh, hat sorry, um, and the T-shirt is uh, make single-player video games great again, just because of a uh, in recent years of a reliance on um, multiplayer games, specifically the um, fallout from the Star Wars standalone story where EA said nah, let's do some more multiplayer shit. So uh, yeah, uh, we've got some more merch that you can take a look at. Uh, so please do so at ghoulishentertainment.com. Um, We've brought on board um, Victoria Neal, who is a really good asset, because she finds stories really quickly, uh, relevant stories that we can report on, and um, things in our sphere of interest. I'm really terrible with social media, I only really use Instagram and Twitter, Um, I've not got a particular interest in Facebook, I think it's a little bit clunky. Um, I don't know how she does it, but she manages to find a story a seconds after it comes out, and she's like, Yep, we need to talk about this. (laughs) So she's going to primarily be um, sourcing material for us to talk about, and she's a good person to bounce ideas off in general. It's been a little bit of a long weekend, I've not been very well as you can hear, Um, so I've been focusing on getting content up on the website, I've done a video in Fortnite for the um, Road Trip Challenge, which shows you the new skin and back bling that was a secret unlock. And... um, I've also written 4,000 words to my novel, which is my fantasy satire novel, sort of inspired by Sir Terry Pratchett and the Discworld series. So there is con- a lot of content coming. I mean, a novel is going to take forever. I'm about 20,000 words in. I can't remember exactly. I think it's between fifteen and 20,000 words. Um, so obviously a fantasy novel is generally 100,000 words. So I'm only a fifth of the way through and it's still the first draft. But I know where I'm heading with it. And um, the fact that I've got... 4,000 words done over a weekend is quite good for me because I've been a bit lax with writing. Um, but I'm happy I'm getting back into the groove. And uh, obviously, as always, we've got our Patreon if you'd like to support us and our continued development because we're still hoping to bring the um, original comic series to you, the webcomic series we're working on, um, which we need your support to obviously make a reality because obviously the, it, at the time costs to create comics, um, to commission Tango Arts, to develop it, Draw it, illustrate it, um, revisions if we need to, character designs. So obviously all these things cost and um, we'd love to bring it to you and we have a load of ideas to share. So um, if you go to patreon.com slash entertainment, then uh, you can see everything we've got to offer from rewards and uh, onwards. So thank you very much for listening. I have been James. This is a very rare almost half an hour podcast which barely ever happens to me. So yeah, you can visit us at ghoulishentertainment.com uh, on Twitter, we're at ghoulishent, on Instagram we're at ghoulish Entertainment. and I shall see you again next time.